This is Becca and Bill Haven just saying, after a one-week hiatus, I'm Tom Becca. And I'm still a McGraw-Millhaven. Tom, how was your trip? That was wonderful, man. Uh, I, I, I just got back from Scotland. I was in Scotland, which I know you do a lot of stuff there with um, uh, you know, your, your, your listeners and you bring them on tours and stuff. You guys ought to do a, a, a tour of Scotland. Uh, visit some of the distilleries and also just the history of the place. It's, it's beautiful. What's interesting is you sent me one picture of some guy I don't know in a parking lot. So thanks for the beautiful pictures of your vacation. Well, first of all, I I know you know you know the pictures on your phone are so small. Yes, there's a similar picture of me in that position, right? And I just thought the picture I sent you was me. <laughs> so I, uh, but then I sent you the real one. Yeah. So anyway. Well, it was a beautiful picture of a parking lot somewhere in Scotland, apparently. I mean, you could yeah. have been like North Omaha for all I could tell. No, man, no. We were there at the Art Bag Distillery. Yeah, you know, so, uh, which is uh, just a great distillery there in Scotland. But it was beautiful, though. I was really worried about the food, because you hear all this stuff about haggis, right? Haggis, which is like cooked inside a sheep's stomach. And the last thing I wanted was something cooked inside a sheep's stomach. But I tried haggis. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I don't need to have it again. Cooking inside a sheep's stomach, I mean, it's got to be better than it sounds, or they wouldn't do it. Well, you know, the Scots, you know, what, what can they say? But, um, otherwise, home, I mean, but the food there was actually very scotch? good. Did you bring home any scotch? I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay, so, oh. so here's the thing. So, and I, hope, I, I won't get in trouble for this. Um I brought home nine bottles. I had a, I had to buy another suitcase. Okay. <laughs> so, how many bottles are you allowed to bring back? I think you're allowed to bring back two. No. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. So that's like the whole French connection here, and I'm I'm confessing to this. Um. So anyway, so I go through um, I go through um, customs, and the guy asks, he says, uh, uh, "You bringing in any, bringing in any food?" Food? No. No haggis here. No, no, no haggis. Uh, just some souvenirs. Okay, come on in. So, yeah. So you didn't lie to the uh, customs agent? Not at all. He asked if I brought in food. I said, no, no food. Whiskey's the food of life, though. Uh, so, yeah, so I brought back. Actually, I brought back a couple of bottles that I'm not going to drink, that I'm just going to store that I think will be, like, worth a lot of money 10 years from now. Yeah, but you'll be dead. So what do you care? No, I'll give it to my heirs. So my, you know, my my nephew can you know benefit yeah. from it. Yeah. My um, uh, I got I got friends. I got friends that have gone on this tour before, and like you know, like like Scott said, about twenty years ago. Yeah, is now worth a lot of money. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I mean, it's all about you know the availability of it. Well, so and hold on, it's, but it's 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 being aged in a bottle. Does that matter? No, no. Once it's in the bottle, it's, it's that's it. It's inert. That's it. Gotcha. But, uh, but so it, um, it, it hold on a second. It doesn't get. It, it doesn't taste any different once it's no. in the bottle for twenty years. No. The fact that the fact that you just can't get that year anymore is why it's more valuable. Yep. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, but but Scotland, the people could not have been nicer. One of the highlights of, of my trip, there was a big rugby match between Scotland and Ireland. And they were oh, playing boy. actually there. 
they're playing and they're actually in Edinburgh. So we're there and like there's all these Italian people in town and all the Scottish people are all in town for it. And they're all excited about this. I wound up watching a rugby match where the home team was playing there in Edinburgh. And have you ever watched rugby? I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Do you have any idea what the rules are? No idea. No idea. Not a clue. Same here. Not a freaking clue. I just sat and watched. And when the hometown people cheered, I cheered. That was it. It was, uh, you know, it was it was a thing where it was like, I have no idea what was going on. They're just all in a scrum, tackling each other and throwing a weird-shaped football around. But, um, yeah, but it was fun, man. It was a great trip. So what's the difference between Scottish whiskey and Irish whiskey? Well, one's made in Scotland and one's made in Ireland. What's the other reason? All that, all this time and effort, and that's the only thing you have come back with? Well, no, but that's, that's, that's true. I mean, you can only have scotch in Scotland, from Scotland. It's so most it, like it, champagne. It, it, so, so, so what is Irish whiskey? It's, it's uh, whiskey made in Ireland. But, uh, you, but you see, but here's the thing. Okay, so the basic ingredients are, at least for scotch, the ingredients are barley, water, and yeast. That's it. But then you get into all the other things about how it's distilled, how it's aged, the the air, the air that gets into the into the casks. Uh, as it as um, affects the flavor, uh, what type of a cask you put it in affects the flavor, and so each country has got different rules as to what you know what you can and cannot call scotch. So, uh, for instance, it has to. And I, I forget. Oh, geez, somebody, some expert will get me on this here. It has to be aged a certain number of years before you can call it scotch. I want to say, I want to say five, but I'm not sure. I think it's five before you can call it scotch. But it can be whiskey before that. No. Yeah. So so whiskey's sort of scotch, like sparkling water is like champagne, just not made in champagne. Well, yes, sparkling wine, not water. Whatever, yeah, Yeah. sparkling wine. Yeah, Yeah, well, whatever. It's the difference between water and wine. But, uh. So you were you, were you in were you in Scotland for St. Patrick's Day? Uh yeah. Hmm. Which is not a big deal in Scotland. That's shocking. Yeah. I saw a few drunk Irish people, but overall it was not a big deal. How's your cold? You got a cold? Did you bring back a cold or COVID? No, the thing is, I had a cough the whole time I was there. Not I didn't feel sick. I don't feel sick. I feel fine. But I you know, I just um had a cough and lost a little bit of my voice. So yeah. Hmm. But I feel fine. Right, well, it's not you. it's not cool, but I've been I've checked. All right. Well that's that's good. It's a good thing we're doing this through a computer. I don't want to get your COVID. Yes. What, so have you seen any news over there or were you busy drunk the whole time? Actually, you know what? I didn't really get drunk. Because what was interesting because we would like tour these distilleries and we would sample. And so you'd have a little sample here, a little sample there, and you would taste it and you would enjoy it, but it wasn't like uh nobody's doing shooters, you know what I mean? Right. We were all just sort of enjoying the scotch. And so, yeah, did I get a nice little buzz? A time or two, yeah. But was I drunk? No. I was in full uh uh I had full control of my uh of my uh, emotions and my abilities. So the haggis really blocks the effects of the scotch then, huh? I guess so, yeah. 
Yeah. I just had I had two bites. I don't know how much. So, so I know me. you. I know you well enough to know that you went and started asking these poor people of Scotland all about what they think of America. Oddly enough, I didn't. Really? No. You know what, McGraw? I'll be honest with you. The whole purpose after because this is the first world traveling I've done since COVID, right? I'm still dealing with a little post-traumatic stress disorder with with COVID, the uh, the presidential election, January 6th, all the stuff, and all the stuff that we deal with, you know, with, with this job. Because, you know, people come up to you all the time and we want to talk about this stuff all the time. My thing was to go to Ireland, go, go to Scotland, go to Scotland where nobody knew me. I wasn't going to pay a lot of attention to the news. I mean, I got the headlines on my phone, you know, but that was it. And I just went and I just enjoyed it. I just completely decompressed, completely unwound. I went and enjoyed it and uh, didn't really get into the, so what do you think of America? What do you think about this? You know, I, I didn't care. I just wanted to go and enjoy the scenery, uh, learn about the culture uh, and, uh, and and relax. So I didn't. But then, yeah. but then, but then, then, so I'm coming back home, right? Fly into Chicago, fly to Chicago, and wait for the flight from Chicago to Omaha. People there from Omaha, you know, getting ready to go back to Omaha, so some people there recognize me. So after I'd relaxed and gotten away from this, I'm sitting there at the airport, minding my own business. A very nice man comes up to me and says, you know, if they arrest Trump, there's going to be a civil war. <laughs> I was like, welcome back to America. That's okay, so I'm back. But and he was he was a diehard Trump supporter, but we had a, a nice conversation. It wasn't like any antagonist or anything like that. He, you know, we we talked, and it was it was a it was a nice conversation. I I don't understand the man's point of view. You know, I don't understand that. But but I mean, he like, he was a diehard. You know, Trump's my guy, but he was a decent person who just you know. It, it just boggles my mind. But well, then again, see, my views the, probably boggled his mind. Did you see the story today of the Proud Boy trial that's yes. going on in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> the, the, they, they released into evidence this Proud Boy who was being arrested for all of his seditious behavior on January 6th. And he's he's off the Trump train. He's he's bad mouthing Trump saying he didn't do anything for us. He 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 pardoned all of his buddies, but he left us all out to dry. Oh, really definitely. Kind of interesting. Definitely, it's, no. It's really yeah, he dropped the F-bomb on Trump. Uh, and if you take a look at it, I mean, really seriously, you know, it's all the little people that have gotten hurt in this deal. You know? Well, then there was another, then there was another do you read the Atlantic story about Mike Pence? This reporter sat in on like three or four different um, uh, focus groups of Republicans, and they were asking him what they thought of Mike Pence. And the Trumpers didn't like Mike Pence because they feel like Mike Pence lent Donald Trump down. The anti the anti-Trump Republicans didn't like Mike Pence because they felt that he had the stink of, of Donald Trump on him. So the, 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 the title of the article was nobody likes Mike Pence. And it was really interesting how this evangelical Christian, this right wing evangelical Christian can get no support in the Republican party because he tried to straddle two worlds in this civil, in this civil war. Well, this boils down to this: What is the Republican Party anymore? We we had a, we had a kind of a 
a minor coup. Actually, it, was not, it was really was more of a coup of the state Republican Party here in Nebraska, where uh, a whole new you know um, leadership comes in, primarily the Trumpers, right? Primarily those people like that. And the old regime was out. And I asked the new head of the, of the party. I said, I said, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene says that she's a conservative, and Liz Cheney says that she's a conservative. What is your definition of conservative? And he wouldn't answer. And if you've got a Republican Party, the, the, the leader that they can't even tell you what conservative means, what is the Republican Party anymore? You well, know, the, the last election, the last election, they didn't have a platform. All they had was uh, Donald Trump. Well, there's a civil war going on within the party. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, the Donald Trump wing of the party sounds like a bunch of liberal progressive Democrats. They're against aid for Ukraine. They're against free trade. They're uh, all for government getting up in your business. I mean, it sounds like they are progressives. Um, when both Cory Bush and Josh Hawley are against funding Ukraine to protect uh, them from 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 Russia, it's they sound very much like the same party. You you have Cory Bush who wants to defund the police. You have Matt Gates who wants to defund the FBI. It's kind of the same thing. Well, the whole thing is so bizarre. As a matter of fact, we got a similar thing happening here in Nebraska when it comes to transgenderism. And let's talk about that after we return here on. Uh, the Big 550 KTRS. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, just there's a little brief pause, and then we're right back at this. But uh, yeah, we're also on the radio. And if you're listening on the radio and you want to catch up on back podcasts, we're basically available on Spotify, iHeart. We're available on uh, uh, um, iTunes. Pretty much anywhere you get your uh, podcast, you can get us. It's Beck and Milhaven just saying here on the Big 550 KTRS. Three, two. We are back. I'm Tom Becker along with McGraw Millie. So here in Nebraska, like a lot of other states, right? The whole big transgenderism thing is, is, is a big issue here, right? Yes. And they want to pass a law that would make it illegal for uh, any doctors to perform any sort of uh, surgery on transgenders before their 19th birthday. Well, the, they don't perform surgery on transgender people. Well, well, but also, but the, the they give them drugs. The... Oh, they give them drugs, but they yeah. don't do they, they don't do gender reassignment surgery until the kids are well past eighteen years old. Well, anyway, there's no other no other medical use. So, no, no hormone blockers, no testosterone. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, none of that. All right, all right. So what you have here is you got the Democrats that are fighting this, right? Saying that, you know, let the kids be the kids who they are. And and the other Republicans that are fighting for big government saying, no, you can't do this. So you've got the Democrats fighting for parental rights and the Republicans fighting for big government. You know, and so it's like, what, what do we, any of these parties even mean anymore? No, it's a good point. I don't understand this transgender thing because, right, for years, the Republicans didn't want to get between you and, and your doctor. And the parents, right, the parents are the ones who are going with this kids to talk to the doctors. And so the government wants to get in between the doctor and the parents and what the parents think 
is the best interest of the the child. The state wants to parent my child. Yeah, I know. Very it, bizarre. It, yeah, so you, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. So it's, listen to this. I, I looked this up. Do you know that in the last year for stats in 2021, I, I think it was, do you know that about 5,000 girls under the age of 18 got breast augmentation surgery? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Well, and you can only get... By the get- way, by the way... And and don't say anything that might get you in trouble with the law, but why were you looking up that stat in the first place? Well, I will tell you because it's surgery on a minor. It's elected surgery on a minor, and a parent has to sign off. So why don't we pass a law that says parents are not allowed to have their children get breast augmentation surgery until they're after the age of 19? But not everyone who gets breast augmentation surgery is doing it just so they can, you know, end up, you know, being a stripper somewhere. You know, I mean, that, that doesn't, I mean, I'm not, no, no, I, no, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm saying the same thing. If it's good for the transgenders, then it's good for the kids who want breast augmentation. They don't know what they're going to do. It's awful early. The parents should not be allowed to sign off on breast augmentation for a 16 year old kid. If a parent isn't allowed to make, an honest decision about a kid's transgender, they're not allowed to make an honest decision about, um, you know, breast augmentation. But, you know, here's the thing, but here's the deal. As if, if I were the parent, if I were the parent, I would not, well, I would not allow my daughter to have breast augmentation until she, she was, uh, you know, an adult, made her own decision. And the same thing if I had a transgender child, I would respect them. I would have let them, you know, go by the pronouns they wanted to go by, but nothing medical until they become an adult. All right, let me ask you this this question, which I, I tend to agree with with you, but let, let me play devil's advocate with you. Let's say you have a child. Yes. And let's say your 13-year-old child comes to you and says, I I don't feel I don't feel right. I'm 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 the wrong sex. You're raising me as a boy, but I feel like a girl. And you go to the doctor. A reputable doctor, a reputable, right, right, normal, mainstream doctor, right? You go, knows this stuff. And they say to you that children who don't feel like they're in the right body will self-mutilate. And there's a higher percentage of them who are committing suicide in record numbers. Now, would you tell your 13-year-old kid, hang on till you're 18? Here's first of all, it's a hypothetical, and I hate answering. No, 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 hold on a second. But, it's not a hypothetical because children studies show clinical. No, 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 no. no you're asking me how. You're asking me what I would do. You're asking I'm me what telling, I would no, do. No, 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 okay. Hypothetical. okay, it's not hypothetical. It's hypothetical in this situation because you don't have a child, yeah. but it's not hypothetical in that children who are transgender who aren't getting the help are at a higher risk for suicide and or self mutilation and or depression and anxiety and everything else because they don't feel comfortable in their own skin but i but i would i would think that a lot of that would also be would also be how are those kids treated at home i mean look i've talked to i've talked to uh, gay people who were kicked out of their house when they came out and said they were gay teenagers that said they were gay and mom and dad kicked them out of the house they're end up homeless teenagers uh so and a lot of that is also have to do with how do you you know how do you handle your child if, if my child comes to me and says i don't feel like i i am the gender i was born if my child comes to me, I'm still going to love that kid, and I'm going to work with that kid, and I'm going to make that kid feel as comfortable with their skin as they possibly can, and say, you know, 
You just gotta wait till you're 18, 19. You gotta wait until you're a certain would age. You, would you take your kid to a doctor? I would, yeah. I mean, I would, I would do what I could to make sure that my kid was as healthy as possible. Yes. Would you take your child to a doctor and and have a have a clinical, real doctor have a real conversation with you about this? I don't see why not. What's if the doctor said to you, "I think your child is suffering from." Uh, you know, body dysphoria or whatever they they call it, and he would recommend uh, hormone blockers and or testosterone. You would say thanks. I'll wait till they're eighteen. I would again. It's a hypothetical in this case. I, I would. I would probably uh, maybe go to a different doctor. Did, did, Get two or three different so opinions. No, 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 wait, 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 answer. I would get a couple different opinions. You know, I mean, just like anything else. I mean, uh, you know, look, I'm a cancer survivor. You, you go and you talk to different doctors about the situation, and then make up your own mind. So I would have to just determine just what the situation was. I would think right now, in my mind, in this hypothetical you give me, I would do what I could. To make that child feel as comfortable as they can, and that means wearing the clothes they want to wear, calling them by the pronoun they want to be called, and doing what I can to make them feel as comfortable as they can. Look, but I, for yeah. the same reason, for the same reason, I look. You're 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 a father of a uh, what a two and a half year old daughter, right? Correct. What what are you going to do when she turns fifteen and says, "Dad, I, I just don't feel pretty. I don't feel pretty. I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. I want bigger breasts." Are you going to sign off for breast augmentation? No. Okay. No, no. What if she goes and says, "If I don't have bigger breasts, I'm going to kill myself." What are you going to do then? Well, I that now that's a hypothetical. I don't think people are killing themselves for that reason. But it's well documented that um, kids who are transgender are 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 committing suicide in in numbers that have never been seen before. Um, their 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 anxiety is off the charts. They turn to other drugs because they just. They, they self-mutilate because they just don't feel comfortable in their own skin. And I and Tom, I agree with you. I am agreeing with you. And I agree with the people who say this makes no sense to me. This is so foreign to all of us. But we cannot deny the science that these kids are coming out in record numbers. Is it something in the water? Is it something? Is it something we said? Is it social? What is it that all of these people, it's not because it's the new hip thing and somebody saw a TikTok video and wants to become a woman. There's some things going on. Something isn't connecting. There's some reason why these children um, want to be, go in a completely different direction. And, and I don't think, I, let's put it this way. I don't think the governor of Nebraska should be in the meeting when I'm meeting with my daughter and her doctor about her gender. Totally agree. Totally agree with you on that. Let, okay, so let's draw a little bit of history here. Do you know the name Renee Richards? Yeah. Okay, so that was the first time I ever heard about transgender people. I was in high school. Renee Richards was a tennis player, a, was a, a transgender tennis player uh, who uh, wound up suing and, be, and won and was able to play in the women's professional tennis. Uh, well, not only that, not only that, when when Renee Richards was a man, he he was like the 150th tennis player on the circuit. Right. When Renee Richards became a woman, she was like in the top 10. Yeah, and, and, it, and, it, and, and, and Renee Richards, 
Renee Richards became a woman like somewhere like in the like early 30s, I believe, as well. Right. And and if you ask Martina Navratilova, she will tell you that it was really, really hard to beat Renee Richards, much harder to beat her than it was, say, a more traditional woman like Chrissy Everett. And Renee Richards has uh, now come back and said that uh, uh, she disagrees with uh, letting her play in that in the women's league. So she oh, really? disagrees. Yeah, she disagrees with transgender uh, you know, people, women, uh, you know, men transgendering a woman playing yeah. in uh, female sports. So she disagrees with that. But here's an interesting little thing. I did a little research on this. Okay, do you know who outed Renee Richards? Who outed Renee Richards uh, as far as being transgender? Because Renee Richards was just started playing tennis and that, and uh, people didn't know that Renee Richards had been, you know, was was transgender. Do you know who outed her? Bobby Riggs. No. Uh I no no. Don't uh, um uh who who played Bobby Riggs in the Battle of the Sexes? Billy Jean Bobby King. Bobby Riggs has nothing to do with it. Billy Jean King. No. Who? Tucker Carlson's father. Really? Tucker Carlson's dad was a broadcaster in California where Renee Richards was playing tennis, and Tucker Carlson's dad was the one that outed Renee Richards. So he found out? Yeah. Was that when Tucker Carlson was friends with Hunter Biden or before? Uh, I don't think they knew each other back then. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that I don't I don't I mean outed her like like she was she Yeah, the, the, this 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 phenomenal female tennis player used to be a man. Yeah. That's weird cuz like didn't didn't they already know like Renee Richards was already a, a man? Evidently not cuz you know, I mean you know, she went and got the job done. And remember, this is long before internet and social right, media yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so here's this woman shows up in California and starts playing tennis and winning all these matches. You know, that's... How about, I mean, look, I, I, it's a brave new world. And I, I don't, we, those of us who are not living this, who have a child, right, have a brother or sister who's living this, we don't know what we're talking about. We are so full of it and so don't understand. And we take our own biases and our own um, our own uh, blind spots and sort of superimpose it on this. We have no idea what these parents are going through. And to make them, um, you know, uh, 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 the um, boogeyman in, in all this and these poor children who are just trying to figure it out, shame on all of us in this country. Did you see the story you were in Scotland. Um, Do you see the story about Wellesley College in Boston? Uh, no. So it's an all-girls school, Wellesley. My sister went there. Uh, my sister Linda went there. Um, uh, Madeleine Albright went there. Hillary Clinton went there. Um, it's one of the most prestigious women's schools around, Wellesley College. Been around for 200 years. All-women's school. They are having a problem on campus because they're accepting women to be enrolled in Wellesley and then once they get on campus some of them are transgendering to men and so the school is saying wait a minute if you're going to live as a man you can't go to school at an all-girls school and the the student body took a vote and the student body voted in favor of keeping transgender men on campus so in a sense wellesley college and all girls school 
is actually a co-ed school because they have women and transgendered men on campus going to school. And yet you or I could not become a student at Wesley because we're not transgendered? Well, we probably couldn't go there because our grades were terrible. But um, we couldn't go. I, I guess if you were a man and you transitioned to a woman and you lived as a woman, you could go to Wellesley. But if you're a woman and you transition to a man, you can't go to Wellesley, according to the administration. The, the student body, the girls, the student body voted in favor, but it was a non-binding resolution. So this is a big fight on the campus of, of Wellesley. But you think about all girls' schools, right? You 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 accept a woman, a girl, a high school senior, into your student body, and then all of a sudden they become a male. What what are those rights? These are problems our grandparents never worried about. <laughs> I know it's, it's it's bizarre, but it's the world we live in today. So I mean, don't you know? I'm with you that the swimmer. You know, going up against a woman and, and, and being a transgender male. And why well, I get all that weird stuff. But what do you do about that? Um, th these are again, these are all things that we just you're right. I mean, we we are in we're in no man's land with all this stuff. Um, yeah, we got we got a break. Oh, we don't have to break again. OK, take a quick break here. More on the big 550 KTRS. If you're listening on the podcast. Be right with you in just a second. This is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. All right, one more. Three, two. We are back once again here. Our our final segment tonight, uh, or today, or whenever you're listening uh, to the podcast here. Uh, so um, yeah, so I've been sort of out of out of the loop a little bit here, because uh, like I said, I try to just downplay everything and try to. I, I saw headlines, but I didn't do any deep research. I didn't go looking for a lot of other stories, but. Um, you know, the story breaks that Donald Trump says that he's going to be arrested. Uh, yes, well, on last Tuesday, he was going to be arrested, and then he doesn't get arrested last Tuesday. And I just thought about this. It's like, yeah, this is the guy that was also going to release, going to release his taxes. He never did that. He was also the guy that was going to fix Obamacare. He never did that. Also the guy that was going to, uh, you know, uh, solve our national debt problem in six months. Never did that. So, excuse me. So why would he? Why would he? You know, tell the truth when he says he's going to uh, be arrested. He 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 was right about one thing. What? COVID just went away. Someday it'll go away, and he was right. It just went away. Yeah. So he was right about that. Um, I didn't say he was wrong about everything. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, yeah. Yeah, he also said he also said that you could you know maybe uh, you know drink some Clorox and you'd be able to get rid of it. Don't be a hater. Don't be a Trump hater. Here's what's interesting. Trump. Here's what's interesting. So DeSantis, right, Meathead Ron, um, is now starting to throw some punches at Trump. Yeah. And his poll ratings are going down. You know Donald, what's interesting? Donald though? Trump's getting arrested. His poll numbers are going up. What's interesting, have you, have you had this happen to you? You talk to a Trump supporter, and they're talking about how they love Trump and all this, and then they'll say something to the effect of like, but if that guy from Florida gets it, I guess he'll be okay too. They don't even know Ron DeSantis' name. They just know there's this guy from Florida that's Trump-like. Well, 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, yes and no, I guess. But I just find it interesting that DeSantis is now throwing body blows at Trump and his numbers are starting to fall a little bit. And Trump is starting to get arrested and his numbers are going up. Look, Trump's going to get, you know, if if you believe what you're reading, he's going to get arrested for this one. He's going to get arrested for that or up on trial for that for that rape allegation. He's going to be up for the for the document case. Um, and then the and then he's up for the uh, Georgia, Georgia election fraud. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are four or five cases in which if he gets you know indicted or whatever else. He might have 90% approval rating when it's all said and done. Well, with that certain diehard branch of the Republican Party. If you're I'll talking also... about the general population, yeah, Donald Trump could win the nomination. I doubt he could win the uh, general election. Here, I, I have another crazy theory. Um, it's about, it's soon to be April, right? Yeah. And Joe Biden hasn't announced he's running for president. Right. I think he's waiting i i still don't think he's gonna run but i still he might be waiting to find out if trump wins the nomination or it looks like he's gonna win the nomination if trump wins the nomination biden will run again but if it looks like desantis or the next generation is gonna win biden will drop out i think biden's hedging his bets a little bit yeah i mean he was supposed to have announced before now. Right. It's April 1st and he hasn't announced. I've also read where there are a lot of Democrats that are in the background just starting to talk to the, the money people and saying, yeah. well, if Biden's not the guy, can I have a check? Uh, and then, so they're trying to, uh, you know, sort of put together their campaigns in the event that Biden doesn't run. But it's weird that it's April and the man hasn't announced he's running yet. Well, neither is DeSantis. Well, but DeSantis. Uh, no. I mean, yeah, you, you look at this. I mean, a lot of people are keeping their powder dry right now. Yeah, no, I get it. But DeSantis is different. A DeSantis isn't 82 years old. So, I mean, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a different game with DeSantis. Um, I just am shocked that um, that Mike Pence is getting no traction. It just that just kills me. I mean, that shows you where we are in this world. That is crazy that an evangelical Christian has no support in the Republican Party. Uh, yeah, I, I just that's crazy. That's just crazy to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, right, can I talk to you about this world baseball classic? Uh, sure. Uh, you were in Europe, you were in Scotland. Anybody yeah. talking about the world baseball classic? Uh, nothing. No, no, they're rugby and soccer. Rugby and soccer. I tell you what, this world baseball classic, I don't get it either, but apparently the world loved it, just loved it. The ratings were high. Oh my goodness. The people, the fans, the the fans, the players all loved it. Did you see the guy who defected from Cuba? Yeah. How come no one's calling for him to kick him out of the country? I knew you were going to go this route. I mean, you have a very valid point. A very valid point here about immigration issues. You know, here's a guy coming across. He's claiming asylum. And nobody's saying kick him out. Yeah. Whereas you got people that are coming across to work in hotels, roofers, construction, meatpacking plants, claiming asylum, and they're trying to, uh, you know, kick them out of the country. Right. It, it's interesting. Yes. Well, not only not only are people trying to kick them out of the country, it's the vile nature in how they talk about them. Right. 
Oh, if if you're a landscaper, you can't go down to Mexico and say, oh, my goodness, you're a good landscaper. You're 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 really good on the lawnmower. You're a great edger. I'm going to take you, you and you and I'm going to bring you to a camp in St. Louis and I'm going to teach you how to speak English so that you can assimilate so I can hire you to be my lawnmower boy. But that's exactly what what the St. Louis Cardinals are doing. The St. Louis Cardinals, are saying, boy, you're you could be a good baseball player someday. Let me sign you and let me bring you into our camp and let me teach you the life skills and the English and all these things. And maybe just maybe someday you can work with us in America. Yeah. What's not a, yeah. And they'll make us millions of dollars and then take it back to uh, right. Yeah. Some uh, third right. world country. So, so here's, here's the thing. So I made a bit of a mistake in that Ted Cruz Put out a Twitter feed the other day where he was talking about how in the last month 17 like terrorists were caught at the border. And then goes on to say, you know, that this is what happens when with Joe Biden's open borders. Mm. To which I posted, if the borders were open, they wouldn't have been caught. Which of course made all the Ted Cruz supporters' heads explode. And I've been getting all sorts of tweets now from these people calling me some liberal commie. Yes. Well, I was probably one of those were mine, you liberal commie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, our our whole immigration policies are so dysfunctional. Uh, You know, 85, 90% of Americans agree that dreamers should be allowed to live in America in peace and safety, Right. And Congress can't get anything going on that. Congress can't agree on that. Actually, I, I, this whole inflation thing, if you really want to help solve some of the inflation problem, bring in some of these low-skilled workers because that's why my landscaper is charging me 100 bucks to mow my yard because he can't find anybody to work for him. Yeah. If you brought in people, right? I mean, we bring in coders from India all day long to take American jobs, right? We take in left-handers from Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and Japan to take Americans' jobs. But we refuse to let in people who Americans won't do the job for. It it makes no sense. I know, I know. You know, there's not a whole lot of people banging down the door to work in a meatpacking plant in, you know, Norfolk, Nebraska. And they need meatpacking workers in Norfolk, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, so I've uh, been online and I've found myself gravitating. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Just accidentally on purpose. I've found um, they keep sending me through my you know augmented reality feeds of Johnny Carson clips and feeds of um, feeds of uh, um, of. Uh, David Letterman clips. Yeah. And um, I I always knew Johnny Carson was a genius. And I also know that he could be a little squirrely off the air and, you know, he had a different persona off the air than he had on the air. But on the air, I mean, Johnny Carson, even looking at Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel and all these, Johnny Carson, man, that guy really was the best of the best. Oh. I mean, it was unbelievable. As was Letterman. Now, maybe this is a generational thing. You know, maybe the kids today, you know, really feel the same way about Colbert 
or Jimmy Kimmel or or that. Um, but uh, but you're right, Carson and Letterman back in the day, those guys were you know the kings. I mean, Colbert's great, and John Stewart's great, and you know Conan O'Brien's great, and you know uh, Gutfeld is all right. I mean, they they all have their place, and I get it, and that's. But maybe it was time and place that there were only three networks and everybody tuned into Carson. But he has the ability to yuck it up with uh, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and yet was able to yuck it up with, you know, Bob Jones, a nobody who was there, you know, uh, juggle, you know, beer bottles. It was just amazing how he could connect with everybody. Uh, One of my my regrets is that uh, Johnny Carson actually got his start at a KFAB radio at home. Well, at the time it was in Lincoln, but he got a start on KFAB radio, which was the station I was working at at the time. And I always thought back in my mind, I'd try to reach out to Carson's people and see if Carson wants to be on KFAB one last time. And then he passed away and I never had the chance to. And it was like, it really ticked me off that I never made the effort at least to try to get Carson on KFAB one last time, because that would have been such a coup. There was a, he was doing an interview with Jackie Gleason. Um, that was really interesting. And they were talking about the first time Jackie Gleason was on television. And then Jackie Gleason asked him, when was the first time you were on television? And he told uh, uh, Johnny Carson told the story of he was on a commercial in Omaha where he was the milkman. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I was in Omaha and it was a commercial where I was the milkman and I was delivering the milk to the woman who was, you know, selling the newspaper or whatever. Yeah. Well, he worked at WOW television back then here in Omaha. And when um, I first started in radio back in the 70s, um, I worked at WOW radio, which was in the same building as a television station. And there was actually an old engineer at uh, WOW TV that knew Johnny back in the day. And he went out to uh, visit Johnny there in California, went to the Tonight Show and all that. And uh, Carson wanted to buy him a car. Really? You know? It was like, hey, good to see you again, Vern. Hey, here you go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. If I ever make it that big and you ever come out to see me, just rest assured, I'm not buying you a car. Well, first of all, you ain't never going to make it that big. You know, so I'm not worried about that. Secondly, I got my own money, pal. I, I don't thought, need I thought Johnny Carson started off as a magician, right? Isn't that? Oh, how he, he, did, got- he did all that. Yeah, he was a magician. He was, yeah, he was, uh, you know, an entertainer. And and a magician, and then he somehow started filling in for Jack Parr, right? That's sort of how it came about. Well, he wound up. He was doing TV here in Omaha, and then he wound up in New York. And I think it's sort of like, like like a game show. Who do you trust? He was doing a game show. And from that, he went and uh, got into filling in uh, for par and then took over the Tonight Show. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't the original Tonight Show guy. No, no. Yeah. I, well, who was the other one? It was um, it was Jack Parr. And then it was um, who was um, Mary- Honeymooners? Yeah, um, it was. Oh, I can see him right now. I can see him. I interviewed him. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. I interviewed him. He had the worst toupee I'd ever seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was Martin. Not, not Martin. Hold on. This is this is going to really annoy me. Who was he married to? Audrey Meadows? Uh, one of the Meadows sisters. Yeah. 
Uh, so are you doodling at the same time I am? Yes, we'll see who can come up with it first. Um, no, not Audrey Meadows. Um, Steve Allen. Doing? Steve Allen, thank you very much. So I interviewed Steve Allen. <laughs> Must have been like three months before he died. And um, he was in studio. And we were, we were, well, we weren't in studio, we were on location. So we were sort of in this cramped little, little area. And so I was sitting literally like inches from him as we were cramped in this area. And I asked him the question, as I turned to ask him the question, I saw just how bad his toupee was. And I lost my train of thought. I got mesmerized by how bad his toupee was. And after the interview, somebody was like, oh, you were sort of star starstruck over Steve Allen. I was like, no, I got rattled because of his toupee. <laughs> and he didn't really say anything. No, I mean, it, it was so bad. He had like his sideburns weren't trimmed. So his sideburns were like really long and like flowing out of the toupee. So his toupee was on top, but it had like matted down his sideburns. It was so two color. The sideburns were gray and the hair was red. It was uh. it was it was horrid how bad this toupee was. Yeah, yeah, you know. And you think about it, you know, some of those guys did not make as much money as you think they made. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, you know, that probably was the best he could afford. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, we're uh, we're about out of time here. We're out of time. So, yeah. So, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. And I will be over with this uh, talk by uh, next week when we do this. If you have not, if you're a listener and you have not yet subscribed, make sure you subscribe, you like, you tune in every Thursday, or you tune in Thursday nights here on the Big 550 KTRS, and listen to Becca and Millhaven just saying. I'm Tom Becca. I'm McGraw Millhaven. Till next time, thank you for your time. We're out of time. So long, everybody. Bye. Huda Media Production.